Welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover, your home for ice fishing news, tips, stories, and strategies. And now, your host, Chris Larson. Hello and welcome to the Fish House Nation podcast. Today, our guest is a familiar one. It's Brian Bro Brosdahl. Welcome back to the Fish House Nation. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. How are you doing over there? Just living the dream. It's always fun to have you on the show, and I'm uh, looking forward to today's conversation. In a typical year, Brian, you've started the season with the Bro Road Show, driving all over the place, visiting with people in stores and hanging out. That's kind of something that you seem to love to do, and I think the people love to meet up with you. But this year, it's the College of Ice, and at this point, it's wrapping up, but you still have a few January shows left. Tell us a little bit about the College of Ice. Well, with the Bro Roadshow, I couldn't go for obvious reasons out there. Uh, I'm a healthy guy. I don't want to be typhoid bro, you know, dragging stuff around to people. Probably a liability somewhere. So Chris uh, Russell is a marketing guy for Frayville. He and I talked uh, way back in July about maybe doing virtual and maybe a few less stops. So I'm not, you know, and... Uh, and we talked about a, a virtual show and, but I want it to be like the bro road show where we involve retailers, products, factories, and then people. I, if I can't talk and see people because I'm a people person, uh, if, if I don't care uh, who or where someone's at, I want to hear their story, talk to them because it's, that's what I like to do. So we, we kind of garnered it around that. And he's like, okay, we don't want you to have to carry the heavy lifting. We don't want you to be worried about making this work. So we brought Steve Pinaz on. He, he's, he's been around forever. He's great at media and, and, and getting things going. And then he has a producer, Kai. And between all of this, we want to keep it brocho-esque. We want it to be laid back because that's how I roll. And, uh, and then, but still get it done. And I love it. It's a fun show. It turned out great in, Instead of just doing a point and shoot, we wanted to make sure it was professional. And if I had to run the whole show, it probably would look like a small bait shop in the middle of nowhere. But uh, so it, it's really cool. College Vice uh, took its own form, and we've even had Kevin Van Dam on there. And you know, I get to talk to him when I do shows, and I've met him in Michigan, or whatever. But you know, we got to we got to corner him for a while, and uh, we had Cuz Strickland from Mossy Oak. Now he doesn't ice fish, but he's hilarious. The guy's hilarious, and he had one ice fishing story. But so, and uh, but I want to bring in pros. There's people trying to make a living guiding, like me. But uh, and uh, and then you know they're sponsored and stuff. So we kind of make it for everybody, and it it's wrapped around the bro roadshow, and I think it's working. Yeah, very cool. I've heard a lot about it. Uh, a lot of people talking about it. What are some of the advantages and disadvantages for you? Uh, with the College of Ice compared to your, your typical Bro Roadshow? Well, with the Bro Roadshow, I could go to stores and meet people and, and uh, right there. They get to talk to me right there, and that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, even though it, it, anybody could do it, nobody wants to, and, and we want to. And so we're odd ducks, and Heather comes with me. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't see her. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't want to, you know, come home and find another husband sitting there. So we go, she goes on the road with me and, and she loves to fish and talk fish, but she makes sure that I'm on time because I tend to talk to people. And all of a sudden she's like, we got to go. 
And I'm like, okay. And, I'm, and then I leave. But so I, I've been all over the place. I've been from here to Vermont, New York, Connecticut, uh, all over. And I, we've, we've, we've shrunk it down a little bit to uh, Michigan, Iowa, Dakotas, and then Minnesota's the core because it's the number one ice state there is. And, but Michigan's pretty big. And they're cool, blue collar, super cool people. Uh, and I remember a lot of faces. I don't remember a lot of every name because people don't introduce themselves by their name. But uh, just love it. And it's 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 like having an extended family out there. And uh, I think it's 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 good for the industry. I, I thought it was. I just did it because it's something I wanted to do, but it turned out to be good for the industry, and that makes me happy. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit about the industry. You had almost no shows this year. There were a few, but yeah. I think the companies are pivoting to different ways to showcase their product this year. What do you think the future of shows is? Because I think people are seeing that there's maybe there's some different ways to be able to get their message out and talk to other people. Yeah, you know, the thing is with with shows, in order for the show makers to make money, they have to jam as many people as possible in. And I remember the St. Paul show was so busy sometimes. It was definitely, we were stuffed in there. And even in the booth, we could hardly move. And, you know, there was always somebody that, that got a flu or something in the past shows. They were like, wow, you were next to me and I didn't get it and stuff like that. So, but that always happened before, but now it's different. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if, you know, these new bugs are flying through lead or what, but they're, uh, I don't see that we could, really go back to that kind of jam session full of people but uh you know if they come up with the right little shot of this or that you know maybe we we can get back to some normalcy or you know just let so many people in at a time or extend the days and you know so but i i think we're going to get back to the swing of things but not 100 but i would say at least 50 percent either by next year or the year after and um you know, there. I, I'd like to get back on the road and visit with people, and uh, I'll, you know, I promise I won't cough on anybody, and uh, and we'll get back to that. But I, I, College of Ice is just fun. I enjoy doing it, and a lot of times I come on to the show right after I got off the ice, so I'm pretty rosy cheeked and you know, still warming up my fingers as I'm doing the show, and uh, just love it. Yeah, you're probably getting a little more fishing in less windshield time more fishing time with that. And that's oh. the other thing I wanted to talk about. We've been talking about all the drawbacks to this COVID situation and kind of what, what we've lost, but the positive side seems like there's more people out getting back into the outdoors. Open water fishing had a record year this year. What do you think uh, it's going to look like out on the ice this, this winter? Or you think you're going to have uh, more and more friends out there with you? Oh, absolutely. If, if I, you know, I predicted this, this summer, if you could roll a marble across the ice and we make lots of ice up here that no one's going to be on shore anymore. It's just going to be villages out there and it's, it's awesome. I love it. You know, as long as some fish go back, but uh, with uh, fish houses there, there's, there's thousands of houses that run up and down the roads in my neighborhood. And um, so I always wish the best weather for the, the travelers because you're pulling an RV on black ice with snow and stuff does happen. So everybody be safe up there. But uh, uh, I, I think that we're gonna see epic amounts of people we already have. Uh, 
any place they get out. Red Lake, they actually closed because there's too many people out there. They closed it down. And it's great fishing, but now other lakes are starting to get ice. And Red Lake is the get out there right away. And, it, you know, it's kind of a social thing. Uh, I was on Red, you know, and uh, it's pretty cool. And I've met some of the people there, and some didn't catch anything, and they still had a good time. And others caught a lot of fish. And if you're on that little bubble, that little spot under the ice, you could catch, you know, 20, 30, 40 fish. And that, you know, it's not like nonstop, but they just come through in waves and you get them. And over the course of time, five people, five people catch eight fish a piece. What is that? 40 fish. But if they go, oh, we caught 80 or 100, I'm like, you know, you got you got to have the barometer. And I kind of mm -hmm. go 80 or 100 means they at least got 30 or 40, which seems like 80 or 100. I had at one trip this uh, past summer, one person I guided, and he, he doesn't eat fish, doesn't want to keep fish, and he said, take me out and do tournament mode. I want to catch as many fish. We got 57 and in an eight-hour trip, and that doesn't sound like much, but when you, how many times you get cut and how many fish come off and how many hook sets you do, it's a lot of fish, man. My fingers were bleeding, and uh, he'd never seen anything like it. And he goes, what do we get, 100? I had a clicker, and I go, 57 you know he thought we had 100 yeah i think we should kind of get together and set up a business we'll make t-shirts that say i survived red lake 2020 <laughs> yeah that'd be good and you know and, and, and red lake is one of those lakes like oh my gosh it's slow did it get fished out yet and then all of a sudden a week goes by and it's they're, they're biting like crazy again and uh i think you know a traffic and pressure pushes fish off and why do you think Lake of the Woods in the summertime, there's sometimes three miles of big fish when you're trolling. You're literally going three miles on your plotter. You're like, I'm still seeing fish. How many fish are out there? And then they punch a road and somebody gets a nice one here. They get limited eaters over here. As soon as that road comes through, I know they're just moving around or they're keeping that, that space cushion. So that's that in itself is kind of a, a help, helpful thing, but you know, tons and tons and thousands of thousands still get harvested but those big ones they're obviously not there because people will be catching 30 fish over 25 inches up to 31 pretty easy when you're on that giant mega school and uh i've, I've been fishing lake of the woods long enough to know that when they punch that road and people are driving down it those fish keep their the giants keep their distance but they some of them sneak in and get caught but uh, there's a lot more fish in that lake than people know and the same with red you know, they just get kind of pushed out and they come back. So I don't think it gets fished out. I just think they get spooked. And sometimes people will just move. And it's not always out to the res border. Sometimes it's just north, south, or in towards shore again. And uh, so Red Lake is like, it's a big flat. So basically people just like a vacuum cleaner going across the room, just clean off the fish. And the fish kind of imprint on an area out there. You know, it's just a flat mud and sand thing with a few rock strings in it and uh the fish are there because walleyes of that size structure you know the 17s or less and a few bigger ones they still eat insects and there's still probably some spot tails around but uh there's always going to be fish in these large bodies of water yes i'm glad that you've kind of been talking the way you've been talking because i wanted to, to ask you this people see you they think hey that's brian brosdahl ice fishing superstar when you're not signing autographs and, and people are just hugging you and, and just ogling over you, 
you're guiding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doing the work out there. Well, what, yeah. what is your favorite part about guiding? Well, uh, I, I, I like the people. I mean, I have, I have guide clients that I've had for 20 years. And uh, mo predominantly, most of my guiding's in, in the summer now because of all these things I'm doing now. Even without the Bro Roadshow. I'm doing something like uh, doing multiple things today. I'm doing multiple things yesterday. Sometimes I don't get to leave uh, the office. And uh, so wintertime isn't like summertime. My summertime is, is full as I could be. Winter, obviously I can, but I only have so many dates, you know, here and there. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's nice to meet the people and be with them. And in the summertime, they're in a boat right next to me all day long. And uh, in the wintertime, it's a little different. I set them up. Then I always look for the next spot. I'll fish with them a little bit there, but I'm not there to take their fish. And there's only so many fish on that spot. So I'm always looking because I know the spot's going to cave in or the bite's going to stop. And so I'm kind of perusing around, checking what I know uh, in the area. And then I check back and I go back out. And that's a different thing about winter. That makes it so much easier for them to catch more fish because we're not in a boat where I can't step out. I'd be in the water in the wintertime. I can run here, check that. I'll be back. I'm going to check three spots here. How you guys doing? Do you want to move here? I caught a couple big jumbo perch. No, we got half our limit already. Oh, you do? Why am I looking around? Why don't I just come back there? And So there's days like that where I'm looking because I want to make sure they catch fish. And I'm like, the first spot I put them on, you know, there's like six holes there. And they've, they've got a pile of fish. And they're like, got any extra buckets? And I'm like, Oh, okay. I'll be right there. <laughs> That's the difference in winter. And, you know, it, it's getting harder now for people to find guides in the wintertime because everybody's doing a fish house thing. There's your house. See you later. Mm -hmm. Hey, there's no fish here. Uh, okay. Well, I'll check on you tomorrow. You know, that, <laughs> that's, that's how it is. And sometimes we'll move houses, but there's a fee now. Uh, okay. I'll move that house. Uh, and then the next time, uh, that's another fee, you know, and so I don't, I don't really do fish house uh, rentals, but I get so many, I get more calls on fish house rentals. So there's probably something I should look at, but I would probably approach it from a different angle because there's a way of being successful. Cause when you drop a house and all of a sudden the fish are like 20 feet this way, you have to go outside of the house to get them. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's, there's no perfect mix and portables are easier or being on foot. I like uh, using a small portable or, if it's nice out fishing outside, enjoying the air and, you know, not in front of a heater, I'm in front of a heater in my house at home. Yeah. What you get to go out there and you're doing this guiding, you, you get to see kind of the, the common man out fishing. You're not fishing with uh, guys like you or, or guys who are really experienced. A lot of times uh, people are, are hiring guides as they just want to be taught how it goes. What's the, probably the most common mistake that you see the average ice angler make on the ice? Well, you know, not using uh, life examples to help them that, that day uh, until they're driving home and they realized, wait a minute, we got them in 18 feet and we're out fishing in 25. Um, or thinking that the only spot there is, is the spot that the guide t took us. I see that all the time and I switch vehicles just so I don't, you know, for, just for the uh, fish's sake. I mean, you, you lose a spot and it gets fish for two weeks, you, you know, how many fish come out of that spot? Like a huge amount in, but it's, don't, don't just think there's one spot, even the guide spot, look at what it, what, what, what they're fishing and then expound from there. 
and uh, I just put that down in Midwest Outdoors. It's always about using your, uh, I just wrote it yesterday, just using your, your examples and your clues to kind of find your own stuff. Then when you find it, those fish until you get found are your fish to, to have fun with and, and cherish, enjoy, have a meal of fish and, or catch a release, you know, if they're not too deep, if they're deep, you know, we definitely can't sort fish. And even if it took you two hours to put your fish house on the ice, if you're in deep water, when you hit your limit, you can't throw anything back. You have to, you can't fish anymore. And I've, I've gone into fish houses that have been sitting there for a day or two and, and talked to them and they had a clicker and they had like 200 crappies in 45 feet of water. I said, guys, every one of your fish died. Oh no, we watched them go down. We dropped an aqua view. I said, Where, did you drop it all the way to the bottom? A lot of times fish will go to the side and sit under the ice. Well, lo and behold, later that winter when the ice was melting, there they all were floating under the ice and, and I've never seen them do that again. Next, you know, sometimes it's better even just to not drop your fish house. If you just want to get a, a limit of crappies, in, if you're in deep water or perch, just get catch cover the sleeves. You drop the catch cover sleeves down. You don't have to drop your house. You don't have the wind coming in. Catch your fish, and you don't have to go through that big thing. And, uh, but outside of that, uh, yeah, if you're in deep water, I like shallow fish, you know, under uh, 23, 22 feet. You know, if you could find them, there's a lot of lakes that have them. As a matter of fact, I've been fishing some lakes that the fish aren't going deep this year because the weed growth is still kind of holding on. It's going to die now. It seems every day we get a little bit of snow and we have uh, five inches of ice in some places like the Bemidji Lake, as an example, has five inches of ice on the north end and the south end has 11. And But we don't know about the middle. But so it's foot travel, ATV travel on the north end as you're drilling. But on the south end, they're taking small vehicles like, you know, uh, Geo or Chevy trackers, uh, little, you know, uh, grocery getter kind of cars, little wagons and stuff, and or tiny trucks in. So uh, the age of ice is different on different bodies of water, especially big bodies of water. Um, so you got to find the oldest ice. Do you have any ice fishing superstitions? Uh, yeah, I do. I have a feeling sometimes if a camera comes out on the ice, something's going to happen. Uh, it used to be the kiss of death. If, if somebody press the camera where I'm shooting a show, kiss of death. You would go up to Lake of the Woods the day before, they're just racing up the hole in their big fish. That day, you catch four small saugers. <laughs> and you have to hold them up like this. Yeah. So uh, not anymore, though. Uh, this this year, I was shooting with Bill Linder, and uh, and he hit play, and, and I got a, a walleye that was over 30. It was just a monster. And I've, I've had just a, a great year as far as shooting. And it's because the fish are more active. And, you know, going back to that Red Lake thing, I think we're driving past the fish a lot of times. Because in the summertime, there's times where you're fishing, you have to be careful because if you, take, if you turn right too much, you hit sandbar. And we're catching fish right there where your trolling motor could almost hit. And in the wintertime, are they going to forget those spots? No. But one thing you got to be careful this year, uh, there's a new thing to keep in mind. We didn't have cold weather for long and then the snow came. So shoreline areas are actually the most dangerous snow. That stuff out there, a lot of it, even the open spots that were venting a week, week and a half ago, they froze over and had cold, a couple cold nights that really made ice faster than the surrounding areas. But the shoreline's still warm. Cattails and 
muddy areas, sandbars. Uh, you're, there's going to be people who go through by shore, which is an inconvenience, but you still have to call a tow truck, uh, you know, because you can't pull a house out on your own. So it's there's be careful around shorelines because uh, we don't have a lot of frost in the ground. And uh, once the snow comes, it ain't making much frost after that. So loggers and everything go through this grief where they can't get back in the swamps to log. So little little note. I know you got a busy day today. I don't want to hold you up too long, but uh, one more question, and that is, what are you looking forward to as as the year goes on? Now you're kind of getting ready to wrap up your your college of ice and probably uh, get an opportunity to get out on the ice a little bit more. What are you looking forward to most? Well, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, kind of getting outside of the area and not like hugely outside of the area. Fish a little bit more west, a little more east towards maybe towards Duluth. I want to go to southwestern minnesota if i can and it, it all depends you know if if things are spiking i'm not gonna be the you know the you know i'm coming anyway no i'm not that way i'm a very cooperative person and uh but i want to just get out in there's a lot in minnesota that i haven't fished so i want to learn more about where i'm at you know you can talk about bucket listings i want to fish for grand time in in siberia uh which is like a big salmon or you want to go fish for you know, some trout off of Kodiak Island. I want to know more about what's in Minnesota before I go outside of Minnesota. And I fish Devil's Lake, though, is it is not like, you know, too adventurous to me because four and a half hours away and I've been there so much, it's like being around here. You know what I mean? And, uh, uh, but it's a fun, that's a fun body of water. Uh, if you're not looking for big piles of meat and you go off the beaten path and you fish differently because you're not looking for a bucket full, you're just looking for big stuff. That that's a that's another fun location, not just for me, for everybody, because it's super ginormous. So you can go there and never see anybody. And if you have to fish by people, that's a great place because a lot of people out there. But if you don't have to fish with people, drill a lot of holes. And remember, a little bit of advice: wherever you go, I use razor augers now. Um, they make four inch, they make eight inch augers, and it's just on a drill with a chuck. You just drill the four inch auger like they do in the professional ice tournaments. If you can get a camera down, you can get a transducer down looking for fish, you're making, it's way less work. You're making way less stuff for people to find and see. And then when you get to the spot, switch the chuck, put a bigger drill in. And it's not that expensive. You look at what augers used to cost, I mean, $500 or, or more, and you're stuck with one bit. I've always, even then I used to take the Allen wrench and change bits when I'm searching and doing when I had one auger. Now, they have a couple of bits search with a light auger like the pros do. And they're even looking for someone to make them a two inch auger. Cause that's all yep. they need to get a transducer down and they don't want, don't leave volcanoes either. If you're, if you're in the hot stuff where there's lots of fish volcanoes, you kidding me? Everybody looks for volcanoes. <laughs> you know what I mean by volcano? They yep. drill a hole and then lift up their auger and they got this perfect volcano. And uh, when the sun comes out, trust me, it's visible from outer space. I always tell my son we don't want to fish those holes because if there's a volcano left, they weren't there very long. Well, and if you watch uh, College of Ice, cleared off the episodes, I did, I, I did tell the story of uh, the dummy holes I made because yeah. I found just a gusher of fish. Ridiculous gusher of suspended perch. They were all 11 to 13 inches. And uh, so I went out and I made a, a circle of holes and I drove around me. And then the next morning, go figure, I was getting followed to the spot and they passed me and I was trying to race over to the dummy holes and they beat me there started putting their stuff out 
and had their shoulders up in the air and their, their hands at their side and put their stuff all over blocking. And I'm like, so I sat there while my clients are, what are you doing? Just poker game. And then I slid off to just four holes that we had. And one of the holes was just insane. And it worked. And then when we left early, we acted like we were trying to move in on them again. So they would go find those holes. <laughs> <laughs> it works. That's the only time I do extra holes. Yeah. That was probably a lot of fun for your clients. They probably thought that was a great time. That'd be a to, good get, TV get show. Poker game. We could call it the dummy holes and then see who comes to them and then just yeah. sit there and, and, and videotape it. And when they say, Hey, there's nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, awesome. that's terrible. <laughs> well, Brian, it was it was really fun catching up with you and talking to you again. I haven't talked to you, I think, since uh, St. Paul last year. So it was good to have you on and chat some ice fishing. And uh, have a great rest of your season. Enjoy the ice out there. Yeah, time. you too. Let's get together and fish. And everybody out there, have fun. Get out and catch some fish. Be safe. Thanks for listening to the Fish House Nation podcast presented by Catch Cover. For more ice fishing content, visit our blog at catchcover.com.